Like when did her actual bloodline take over the throne? Was it you know 1888? Uh, was it was yeah. it 18? You know was it was it just her father was the one that stepped up to the bloodline? Like because we'll I know see, we can't Google it. Yeah, yeah. How far back have we started the show? By the way, yeah, we just started. Okay, all right, we cool. Continue on. We're not. All right, we've got most. We've got how, most of the vulgarness out of it. How how we're, random we're, did we come into this? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're only like twenty seconds in live. Okay, all right. So, yeah, so we're talking about the, all the drama with the. Meghan Markle and, and the royal Harry family, and, the royal family yeah. and all that. Have, so uh, have they officially just like disowned them or did they actually just step away and say, hey, we're not going to be part of it? From my I, understanding, I it's a was... mixture of both. Oh, okay. The royal family was kind of like drama was starting to ensue and they're like, you, you guys need to like go. And then Prince Harry and Meghan were like, we were giving up our titles kind of thing. So yeah. Like, kind of. Uh, I think it was both, si- both sides were like, it's best if we break up kind of thing. <laughs> a mutual agreement that. If I leave, up, everything will be all right. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, not the not the actual like heir to the throne. I'm. I uh, was it Charles is the one that William, is that his name? What's Harry Prince Harry? What's his older uh, brother? William. William. Yeah. Okay. And he's now, the one that's unfortunately taking after his dad's looks because he's the one that's going bald and he's got the weird smile and teeth and Harry's obviously got the Princess Diana the good looks genes. Yeah, but I guess. He's got what? William's got what? Two sons now? Yeah, I guess. Is that I what mean, it is? It, I mean, it, there's like. Quinn Terry will never sit on the throne. No, ever. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I mean, so again, it says Queen Elizabeth's like actual direct bloodline came into play in 1917 when King George really came to power. Okay. All right. Either yeah. way. So that, that family has sat on the throne for over 100 years. You said King George. You know, the first thing that came to my mind was the Office episode when, um, when they like swapped the strippers and Ben Franklin came in to be the the like uh, the, the entertainment, the, the male entertainment for the girl side, and uh, and of course, like he wasn't. He was just a guy playing Ben Franklin, and like Dwight was like questioning him of of like you know all all these things that uh you know ben, uh, the real Ben Franklin would know. And he and Dwight was like, "Who's on the throne? Or who's on the throne of England?" And he's like, "Why the tyrant King George, of course." Actually, never mind. It goes back to uh, Queen Mary and King George V in 1865. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if slavery was done in England at that point. I'm not, I know it was getting ready to be done in America, so I'm imagining it was probably already done. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But, anyway. but drama, and then also like you go on worldwide television and started bad mouthing a family that's been around since 1865 at that point in time they had a lot more land than they do now you're talking about an extreme world power and you go and just shit talk them for like however long it was and then you get surprised that there's blowback like what yeah. what did you expect kind of thing like i just think it's funny on both sides both sides of the oh acting just, wild yeah but then yeah, the fact like you said everybody is eating this up right now Everyone like is. that is the hottest topic in the world right it's now, so, I feel like I feel like the, the the last time we had something that was this major, like it was something that was so stupid. You know it was probably LeBron James the decision. Oh, took, took an hour to announce his ass was going down to Miami. God. This is you're no, right. No, no, <laughs> right. the next no, the next biggest thing right now in the world, I do believe, or at least should be in America now, is apparently major Joe Biden's dogs. And oh, where he shot apparently stray dogs and was burying them in his yard? No, 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 no. What? You yes. didn't hear about that? No, yes. That's yes. not what I'm talking about. No, Joe sir. Biden like admitted to shooting stray dogs and burying them in his yard. And then he's, his, no, response, so, his response was, I feel bad about it now. So <laughs> his two dogs that were with him at the White House, one's name's Major, and I don't remember what the other one's name is. Um, but Major, 
bit an employee or a staffer of the White House, and they are now shipping them back to Delaware to live with somebody because they are, I guess, a, a threat at the White House now because they bit Okay, see, now the I want to know, like, what kind of dog it was. It's what like was, a German Shepherd. What was the Stafford doing to the dog? Who was, Where who, was the dog? Who like, was the Stafford? What room are they in? Was it, like, the dog's room? Or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, was it, like, did the dog consider that to be his house at that point in time, you yeah. know? This this feels like somebody on the staff that is high up enough for to make a situation out of this. If the dogs are getting shit back to Delaware, yeah, there was, top, there's no top, way. There's no way thing, it was like the the fresh out of college like intern that got bit. Yeah. Like, oh, suck it up, Buttercup. Top thing, like as soon as I typed it in, banning major and champ from White House is a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> champ, champ was champ. the name of the dog. The no, champ's the major major's is the, the one that, that got bit. bit, and I think champ's the older one. But okay. yeah, they're both. They're both uh, like German shepherds, or like. So I'm pretty what? sure. Let's see so, that thing. So the black one is major, and that's the one I'm pretty sure who bit somebody. And then the old one. Those are down. two pretty dogs. I'm I telling love you, those. And dogs. then the old one's champ, who's laying down just calm as cucumber. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. It had to be somebody somewhat of the, somewhat of the importance. They got bit. I would have shipped. Like them. when they got bit, that person was like, "Oh, you're gone, bitch!" Like. I would buy the White House. If if I was in Joe Biden's position, I would have shipped the staffer back to Delaware and kept the dogs in the White House. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, either, I could yeah. find another staffer. You're not replacing my dog. <laughs> yeah, so they're sending them back to Delaware to <laughs> like, live. Major, don't take no bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, like they're banning them from the White House and like making them go live in Delaware with who knows who to like keep an eye on them until I guess they deem it safe for them to come back to the White. To I don't be know. Fair, like. He's the president. Like he could have just been like, no. I would have. Yeah. What are they gonna say to him? I mean, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't know, mate. Did, I mean, was like an ultimate. Either you send the dogs to Delaware, we'll put them down. Yeah. Like, like uh, well, who's who's telling me, the president of the United States, that though? Hey, you need to do knows? this about your dog, bro. You need to put your dog down. Uh, you need to go find somewhere else to work. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you stick your hand in his face? Security. It was a security agent. Is yeah. what it says is who got bit. It's kind of like the agent. Like I, so it's probably somebody who's like protecting the handler. Or security, like security agent is probably a fancy word for them saying secret service. Yeah. yeah. That or somebody that again is like a handle, you know, providing security for the handler of the dogs now. Or something, yeah. Yeah, something dumb. But yeah, the fact that they've been in a bodyguard got bit, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I really want to know like I'm with Alex here. I want to know what the bodyguard did. Because I like I no, I put nothing past human beings nowadays. I watched a video today of two guys like swimming around this dock with three gators, and like this guy's just kind of leaning up against the dock, got his arm like up on the dock, most of his body's kind of out of water, and this gator just kind of rolls up and like you know gets close to him, and then kind of like puts his lips on the guy's arm, and then goes to take a nibble out the guy's shoulder. And like he swing like swings back and tries to like push the gator off of him, and then get out of the water, and everybody's panicking. And I'm like. Bro, you're swimming with a bunch of freaking alligators. Like, wh what are you asking the for in this the situation? Gator, the gator bumped up to you and took a little pre-taste <laughs> test and was like, now, okay, I might enjoy this snack. Yeah, Florida, like, he said, nah, Florida man, too too methy for me. <laughs> I mean, good. Like, he he basically just sniffed you. He basically either kissed your arm or sniffed you. Like, that's the kind of, like, love tap Dude, that he well, kind of gave to the that's guy. That's like this video I've seen of, like, this guy that had a small little dog, like, 10-pound dog in the most. Oh, okay, he was in Florida. the gator? Yeah, well, the dog was known for barking and chasing gators out of his backyard. Well, one day he went after one of these gators, and one of the gators just picked up the dog and went into the water. 
dog the, was never seen again. I thought the he owner, fought the gator and got the no, dog. No, no, this one's different. Oh. Like it, it, it ate the dog. Oh, and well, there was another the guy owner. The got... owner actually said in an interview was like, well, I mean, like he was kind of like it's sad and it sucked. But like what else? Were, he was like, I was just kind of. He was. He, he went what was around about do? saying like. Eventually, I figured this was going to happen. One of the yeah. gators was just going to be like, "Okay, I've had I'm enough of your of shit." Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm pretty sure the same thing happened a couple months ago. I did see that one where the guy fought oh, the gator. Yeah, yeah, the guy fought the gator and got the dog back. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame. So, I was, right. speaking of presidents, I, I shared a thing today on Facebook because I thought it was kind of funny, and it was about the U.S. presidents. You know, talking about how they play a lot of golf for some reason, and then like talking about how it doesn't really get it, and it says. Here you are, commander-in-chief of the armed forces, wasting time on a golf course when you could literally go to any military installation and spend hours out of, upon hours putting thousands of free rounds downrange through <laughs> dozens of various weapons, knowing damn well you won't have to clean said weapon when you're done. I'm like, I was like, if, you know what? Guess if I what? ever you got president, pay, you didn't I pay would, for any of it. <laughs> I would do that. Most of my free time would be like at bases, spending time with troops, and you're like, hey, that tank over there? Can I shoot one round yeah, out of it? Can we put it? How many spare up? rounds we got? <laughs> I what get, what I, if I'll, I, I'll pay for the I'll pay for a replacement? Yeah, what if I increase the military budget by? I, I give you another five hundred k to this base if you let me lob a few rounds out of that thing. In, in so. all seriousness, in Alex's defense, any human being can play golf. Like I'm sure, as the president, you get to play golf at, at places that you don't. You know, t- a typical normal person don't. Oh, I would go golf. play. I'd be like, I'd be Augusta like, hey, National. Hey, like, I'm going to Augusta National this week, and then uh, this weekend we're going up to Fort Bragg, and we're, we're going to go shoot some guns with the you know special forces. Yeah, I mean, you could do both. Yeah, but I mean, he it is totally true what Alex is saying. When you're the president of the United States, this is pretty much your only chance to, as a citizen of America, to just get do- to use a tank. <laughs> <laughs> be like, all right, and not have anybody question it. Like, hey, let's. I want to go to this base and shoot a tank. And they're like, yeah. Their their main their main their main concern is that their staff wouldn't know who to call quick enough. They'd be like, "Oh God, we got to figure out who we got to call." Yeah, just call they wouldn't tell you no. They'd be more panicked about not being able to give you an answer quick enough. Call the base general and be like, yeah. "Hey, look, president but- said he wants to come by. Uh, just y'all have tanks on base, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and I would feel bad enough load like, one up somebody, for a couple extra rounds. You as somebody that is military, I know well enough that like if I were ever to be in that situation, like probably never going to happen ever. But if I was saying, hey, let's go to this base and shoot tanks, I would also tell them, make sure everything's dirty. Because I know damn well the moment that they know a president is coming to mess around with a tank, that tank will be the cleanest it has ever Immaculate. been since it rolled off the factory floor. <laughs> yeah. Even they, then, will have, they will have every private out there with a toothbrush and some, some Clorox <laughs> water and some CLP, whatever, cleaning every little nook and cranny. A little, little bit of polish yeah. on that. Because I know how military higher-ups work. You hear the generals coming, and all of a sudden, you're Everything's cleaning gotta... the bathroom that's out there in the, like, the motor pool, and you're like, that damn general is not going to come out here to this damn port john and use this motherfucker. Why am I cleaning this port john <laughs> Yep, exactly. Exactly. But everything's got to be spotless. That's oh, how yeah. it works. I mean, I would shoot a tank. I would like. I would be on a, on one of your destroyers watching the Sea Wiz in, 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 yeah. in, natural, action. in action. I would be in a F whatever sure we have now. Yeah. Drop, you know, just a little flyover. Just, hey. Take me, take me over the East Coast real quick. Like, I'm putting, but I'm pretty sure you can watch the Sea Wiz thing. From I mean, I can watch videos of it. Yeah, no, but no, I, but I mean, like, I think they probably could have one like set up online. You wouldn't have to get to the ship to do it. Maybe I want to watch the ship. I mean, you don't know, <laughs> tour the ship. I would come up with like weird things, like, hey man, is it tornado season? I'm like, why? I'm like, let's go out to Kansas and let's stay, let's like chase a storm real quick. Like obviously they would say go, no for like yeah. health you're and the, safety you're reasons. You're the president yeah. of the United States. You know? can, we go, can we follow? But I would I would give my staff a heart attack. They'd be like, 
this dude just asked if we can go chase down a tornado in Kansas this week. It's it's hurricane season on the East Coast, right? Yeah. Found out what Jim Cantori's at. Let's go visit. <laughs> this is Jim Cantori I need a live. Jim, I need a Jim Cantori <laughs> tracker, and wherever he's at, I want to be there within 12 hours. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, dude, I love the commercial that the Weather Channel had where like Jim Cantori would show up to a beach on vacation and like people would see him walk on the beach and they literally like picked up all their shit and like took off left. running and screaming <laughs> and like the whole area just like vacated. But I mean, imagine like like what is some of the like I wish we could look up some of that stuff. Like what is the weirdest stuff like presidents have requested? Yeah. Just like yeah. oddball ins and outs. I what to look it up. What to look like, up. I feel like that would be an interesting. I'm search. sure there's got to be an article out there because, like, that stuff gets out eventually. You know, you would think some ex staffer who making you land at some small airport because there's a cool restaurant that the, the guy had back when he was like 20 something years old, and he's like, "I need to go back there." You know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I figured there's something out there like that, but oh. um, oh, what be, what beers do we have? You said we have two. Uh, we have one that is from Catawba. Okay. And then we have one. I've got a list of 30 crazy things presidents have done. Ooh. I'm just going to run through it and see what they I'm said. looking at the same thing, and one has overdosed on cherries. Yeah, number one is overdose, overdosed on cherries. Specifically at a 4th of July celebration. He died. He, really, he legitimately died. <laughs> who, is, who is this? Zachary <laughs> Taylor uh, legitimately died off of, of cherries. OD'd off of cherries. Wow. Richard Nixon plotted to assassinate a journalist. Oh, he was. This is weird. He was chomping down on cherries while drinking iced milk. The combination of acidic cherries along with the milk is believed by some to have caused gastroenteritis, causing severe cramping, nausea, dehydration, and eventually his death on July 9th. Wow. Okay. That's, that's wild. Yeah, that's a little, that's crazy. Gave interviews on the toilet. <laughs> that's, uh, that sounds like something. That sounds LBJ, like... LBJ did that, and he also urinated in public. LBJ just his his little bathroom duties just did not give a fuck. May, may he had that uh what was it IBS irritable <laughs> bowel? He's like man, well, I got to go. No, I, I got to go. go. And people think that he didn't assassinate Kennedy. This man didn't give a fuck. He did interviews on the toilet. He freaking pissed in public. Old South Carolina boy Andrew Jackson taught his parrot to cuss people out. Now that's awesome. All right, now that's useful. <laughs> <laughs> You could just be like somebody asks you a really dumb question and you just look at the parrot, the parrot, the parrot, the parrots. <laughs> response, <laughs> number, response number three, go Polly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, oh my God. Number eight is married his adopted daughter. Oh, that's weird. Who was that's it? Odd. Grover Cleveland met his wife shortly after she was born. I would say that sounds sound like she a was the daughter of a family friend and he would act as her guardian when her father died. That's weird. When she was just 11 years old. Literally, like a when she like began college, figure. the two began a romantic relationship and were wed when she was 21 years old. That's how weird. old was Grover? She was, was the youngest old. first lady in history. Well, yeah, 21. I mean, how old was, how Grover? was Grover though? Probably 50s, 50, 55. What do you want to say? I have no idea. I'm gonna say 55. You can look it up. You can see what year they got married compared to his birth year. Yeah, I will. All right, let's get into this first beer. All right, first beer from Munkle uh, down in Charleston. We say we've done a Munkle beer we, before, haven't we? We have. I had to look it up, and I'm now left the – I let it escape my brain. But it is uh, – oh, we did their Harvest Lager? Yeah, Harvest Lager. And we did it uh, – we actually did it outside. That was the episode we did outside. And – uh Pretty good scores. I gave it oh, an yeah. eight one. I do, I do you remember gave it that. Eight five. Alex gave it an eight now. eight. Yeah. So it's 
some some pretty cool medieval can designs from uh from Munkle. And I mean, yeah, it's your traditional like monk in a cloak look. Yeah. Um, I really don't know what object he is holding though on the can. Is it a like a sword? No. It looks like a it's like a stick with a cage at the top of it. <laughs> a stick with a kit. Oh. I don't know. That's not <laughs> If you're a Marvel fan, it looks like Ronan's uh, hammer. But Ronan the Accuser. Who do we say that president was? Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. I'm looking at that right now. Okay. But yeah, this is the Monk Pills. It's a Pilsner. Um, 5.1 on the alcohol per volume. He was 49. When they married? Yep. And she was what, 21? Yep. He was he was born in Caldwell, New Jersey, in eighteen thirty seven, and then they got married in eighteen eighty six. So that's fifty, forty nine. Yeah, that's crazy because she. They both died in nineteen oh eight. Oh no, never mind. His marriage ended in nineteen oh eight. When he died in nineteen oh eight, that makes more sense. Okay, I was about to say. I was like, wait a minute. She died young then. No, homeboy popped out six children though. He sure did. He got himself a young one and said, "I." Right. Here we go. Grover looks so Yo, bad. I feel so bad. He's got a granddaughter named Philippa Foot. <laughs> Wait, what? Philippa Foot? Philippa. It's P H I L L I P P I A. Okay, okay. And then the last name is Foot. Damn. Philippa Foot. Okay. What a name. That's that's tough. That's unique. All right. Yeah. Well, y'all want to hop into the, yeah. the old Pilsner here? Yeah. What are you thinking, Adam? Chris, I can hear you like breathing into the mic through your nose. Yeah. As you're that close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, um, I don't know. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just a lager, right? Nothing special to it's, it? It's a Pilsner. Pilsner, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. And after coming off of a yingling to this, I think they're very similar. It just might be my taste buds messed up, but I mean, there's nothing to me that stands out about it, though. It's just a pill. It's just a very good normal pilsner. There's no, there's no extra flavoring. There's nothing really crazy they've done with it. They just they created a normal run of the mill pilsner. Yeah, it's yeah, it's average. It's a tried and true pilsner. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. That's exactly how I would literally describe it. Is it's just a tried and true pilsner? It's on the lighter side. It's a little bit easier drinkable pilsner. I mean, sometimes you get some pretty strong flavors in them, but five point one percent alcohol by volume. I mean, this is one you could sit down at dinner and drink one or two. You know, have yeah. some at dinner and be all right. You know, it's not going to sit too heavy on you, and still be able to have your have your meal. So I mean, I Abraham know. Lincoln was a licensed bartender. I can believe I it. I respect that. I believe it. I respect that. That's he look, and he held a patent. For what? I don't know, buddy. A manner of booing booing vessels. I respect that. Inflatable rubber bellows on the base of a ship. So when it ran aground, it could be filled with air and better able to move back to the water. Solid. That's yeah. Smart. The guy was a lawyer too, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he was a lawyer. Abe? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was a lawyer before he was a president. 
I don't know. I don't know. That I don't know. Yeah. But but normal Pilsner, dude. On this beer. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I just had to yeah. throw that in there. <laughs> we're covered. This cover- beer is a really way. good. It's just a really good Pilsner. If you like Pilsners, this is this is this it. is a true Pilsner. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, though, it's not. I mean, it's weird to say like it's not a craft beer because it obviously is. It's from a small time brewing company. Well, not really say small time, but they're smaller compared to they're smaller mainstream. compared to a they're lot not of mainstream. The other, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. Um, but it's just a true pilsner. But yeah, just I mean, this is through. this is something you couldn't if you want to step up from Miller Light and Bud Light. You're looking at it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like if, a little more. We we use the term, but if your boyfriend is into Bud Lights and isn't hasn't gotten into craft beer yet, and you're trying to get him just to like try a craft beer, this is probably the one you want to go with. Yeah, this is yeah. This is one where you could like, oh, I'm gonna fancy it up tonight, you know. Yeah, I mean, put put this so, in his hand and tell him it's five point one percent alcohol instead, instead of the four point two. Whole percent more guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but like I said though, I, as far as what I link like link it, I don't know. It's probably, it's an average beer to me, so it's gonna be. I'm gonna go six five. Like, I mean, it's good. Again, not great. If yeah, like in the way our you know our our rankings work, you know, fives and belows are pretty much just like yeah. bad for us. Uh, six means you do enjoy it. Seven means you're gonna try to have it if you see it on tap somewhere. Eight means you're gonna be the first one of the night. Nine and above. And you don't, well, eight also you don't mind looking for it. Yeah, you don't mind looking for it and actually kind of hunt it down. Nine means you're gonna go out of your way like to drive or travel or order it stuff like that. The only reason I'm going to put this in a sixes is because it is a good beer, great taste and all that. But if I'm at a brewery and I see this, I'm not going to order it just because it's not what I'm looking for. And I'm at a brewery trying to drink craft beers, you know? Yeah. There's nothing crazy to it. So that's why I'm just going to not get it. It's I'm it, going there to try weird things. I'm it's not going to get, it's it's too, get run of the mill beer. I say it's too run of the mill. It's too, yeah. too normal of a beer. <laughs> yeah. Would you want to? So I'm going to give it a. Six nine. Six, nine. Noise. Noise. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a seven one. I mean, I'm I'm right there with y'all. Like I, I I'm not I'm not discrediting it like just just to me, like I'm putting it in the sevens just because it is an average beer. I'll totally drink this. Somebody puts it in my hand. Like if I if we were to go to Munkle and like I'm trying to just find something easy to finish um the night off with, like I'm probably gonna have yeah, that's it. a good one yeah. to just finish but, the night off with like a normal the old nightcap, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, the old nightcap. I mean I, I definitely it's it's a beer that I would suggest for people that don't like crap beer. Like if you if your guy says he's not an IPA guy, you know, he doesn't enjoy IPAs. He's not into sours, blah, blah, blah. Like he just wants something that's beer like this. That, is, that, this that's is it. it. I mean, that's it. It's, you know, it's a quality. It's a quality pills. So um, definitely easier on the drinking side. So all in all, not bad. I mean, all right. Do you, so this could lead in, you know, can lead us right into it actually, yeah, it, that's exactly what I thought of the this, moment the moment we cracked that and took a couple sips out of so, it. So, uh, Chris posted earlier that one of our discussion topics was going to be the perfect beer to pair with barbecue, and this one fits it almost to a T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like. As like now, now that you know we kind of finished up, gave it our scores. That was the very first thing my mind thought about was I was going to sit down and have. Well, if I'd been around the smoker all day, we're about to eat, and I want to have a good 
a good beer with my meal. Something like this is exactly what I'm looking for. Something on, you know, the little bit of a lighter side. Something that's not going to sit too heavy on on your gut because barbecue already sits kind of heavy. But that's this is exactly what you're looking for, I think, on on the realm of a beer that that goes well with barbecue. Yeah, I would say this, like, and I guess does your question? Do you want like a specific beer that we're looking for, or do you just want like a? I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, honestly. Like, so what happened? A backstory and backtrack into this. So, John, who I work with down in, is down in Charleston, and he called me. And he was like, hey, man, you know, I didn't really know, like, who to ask this. And I kind of thought you were, like, the perfect guy to ask this question to, you know, since you guys have a podcast about craft beer and obviously, you know, bacon is in your name. So, like, I I really, like, this was posed to me by one of my coaches and I didn't know, you know, what the answer would be. But what is the perfect beer to pair with barbecue, right? Like, if you're eating Southern barbecue. And so my initial question was, well, well, what are we talking about barbecue? Like, are we eating ribs? Are we eating brisket? Are we eating pulled pork with a you know sauce sandwich? Like, what what are we doing? And he was like, I'm just gonna say pulled pork sandwich. And I'm like, all right, well, like as long as I have sauces with it, then my focus would be you know just something easy, drinkable, good alcohol content that's not gonna take away anything from the sandwich. Like the bar, I'm, if I'm eating barbecue, I'm here to have the taste of barbecue. So, uh, so would your beer change? If you're having ribs compared to if you're having a pulled pork sandwich, I actually I would say yes, maybe. Like if I'm just eating sliced brisket, or if I'm just eating like so, yeah, smoked get, ribs with no like, like with you no got sauce a, on them or like anything. You got a, like I guess it's, the ribs aren't completely a dry rub, but like you have you know a barbecue sauce to it. You have your homemade sauce, whatever something you maybe have come up with. And then I, I guess a brisket, you're looking, you know, at your dry rub, something you probably smoke now for eight to 10 hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm so are you, so is that going to change the beer you're going to have versus, you know, just having that Boston butt that you shred? Yeah. Cause if I'm, if I'm doing something that's going to involve sauce, I probably want to focus on the flavor of the sauce. Like I want the salt, like I don't want, you want my the barbecue beer. and the sauce. Yeah. I don't want my beer taking away anything. From I got the sauce. you. But if I'm just eating straight up sliced brisket, like I wouldn't mind, like, a pretty good amber, like, you know, a, a specific brown or a red ale or something like that. I mean, something in the middle range. I got you. Like, I'm still not going to drink an IPA with any of it, but I mean, I, I, think, I, could definitely could, see, I think you I, could get away with an IPA. Yeah, I definitely, th- I definitely think that there are people that absolutely like would drink an drink IPA with barbecue. But I think it's kind of got to be like I, we, say, I would like an IPA with barbecue. But it's got to be, I think, maybe something on the lighter side of an IPA, something that doesn't like the hops and the bitter. It's can't, it can't be overpowering, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it hit you like a, a traditional IPA would. Like, I wouldn't go for, like, a hazy double, I, you know, a triple IPA. But to get, like, I guess the best thing I can just uh, think of would be, like, like the tropical IPA from, like, Still Hands or something along those lines of maybe a little citrusy, a little fruity. But, yeah, I like that. But there have was, a, um... little, a little kick of the hops, but nothing that's going to overpower there was a um, a wine at the restaurant Bone and Barbecue by the Firefly Stadium that uh, closed down. They actually had this like it was like a rosé, like a pink rosé wine on tap, and it was the logo of it actually was like a pig. It was like a wooden, you know, like little tap handle with a pig on it or something like that. And it was um wine that was specifically 
made to go with the barbecue there that they served at that restaurant or actually it was bar- barbecue anywhere. Can't find the name of it for the life of me. Bone in barbecue is now closed. So it's kind of hard to track it down, but it was very weird to have like a little, like a pink rose or a want. I mean, or just it worked little, though. It yeah, worked. Did it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say like, you know, just wine in general, probably like that's a little, little odd for barbecue but i mean you think about it's it, like, actually not i look i typed in like you know south carolina wine made to like pair with barbecues i figured i can find at least an article about it or something there's hundreds of articles out there talking about the best wines to drink with barbecue apparently it's not as uncommon as you would think i mean okay. I, I can see i guess when i think of wines i'm thinking of like your pasta dishes a steak dinner not a not a biscuit and barbecue combo with a half chicken with the barbecue sauce, you know? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, we're talking about like perfect beer pairings. I mean, you think about it like smoked sausage or like a brat, you know, I mean, people are always wondering like what, what type of beers to go with. And most of those are lagers, but that's, I mean, that's what I would say. Like if I'm, if I'm eating a barbecue sandwich, I want a lager. I want a Pilsner. I want, you know, some type of ale that is on the, you know, lighter side. That's not taken away from my saucy sandwich. I got you. So, so yeah, I definitely want to get. I'm gonna go with like I kind of like what Adam said. I'll go very light IPA. So is there anything in particular? Like, is there a certain beer that you have in mind that you would like to have with barbecue? That's not you know Bud Light, Miller Light, yeah, Budweiser. Um, yeah, yeah. Outside of like your traditional American domestic beers, like, like if you had to pick a craft beer, is there something to your? I mean the the Golden Ale. At Steel Hands here in Columbia would probably go really well with some barbecue. I would think the Columbia Craft Lager would go really well with some. Barbecue. I like that one. I also like the um, was it the CAE Pale Ale? CAE Pale Ale from Swamp Cabbage. Yeah. Shout out Swamp. Um, trying to think of what else, like at least around here, like the Hell's Lager from from Hazelwood wouldn't be bad. You got a little bit of hops in it, but obviously it's you know very natural light ale. So. <laughs> Yeah, for those that obviously, well, obviously nobody can see us, but Captain is over here making his presence known during the show. Wants to get his two cents in. He wants to drink Adam. Do you have something to say? What you got to say, buddy? All right, thanks for that, Captain. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, great, Uh, great input there, buddy. yeah, I mean those those are like you know so those are just com- a couple of the ones around here that I would uh, like me perfectly like if I'm getting my choice of it a real German Rattler. Ooh, uh, yeah, that, that during, you know especially during the summer barbecue that lemonade combo that that that, that lemonade combo hopefully somewhere around three nine on the alcohol content not the one four or whatever we had that one time. <laughs> I don't know. I think the not the Weiss Lager from Weverly, but the garbage. <clears throat> Sorry, did I say that? Oh, the the Gullah Cream Ale actually was very good. They're pretty solid, and I I think would go go well with the barbecue pairing. Whose Cream Ale was it that we missed out on? Well, we got a little bit of last Friday. Do y'all remember? While we were at Wico. Yeah. Oh man, I don't remember. Oh, uh, it was it wasn't named Cream Ale. It was like um. Vanilla Aphrodite or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can look. I'm sure if you look that beer name up, you can find it. I'll yeah. type it in because I I can remember how to spell Aphrodite. I think it was Sycamore. I don't know if it was. I don't remember. Any, mm, who, who snafu? Was it snafu? Down in Charleston? 
I, there was somebody that had it. I thought so. I think it was Snafu. It might have been. No, it was Sycamore. Was Vanilla, it not Afrodato, Afrogato. Afrogato. Vanilla Afrogato. I'm going to tell you something. Coffee cream ale. That's right. Because yep. they said it was the very next one in the line that they had that tasted very similar was the, the Steel coffee Hands lager. Coffee Lager. Yeah, and I will tell you right now, there's a coffee, the Coffee Lager is by far the best seller for, for Steel Hands. I don't know. I've, I've recently have heard a lot of advertisement for the Pecan Brown. Yeah, I mean they they That's, got their they got their heavy hitters. They got their one through nine. But uh, if you're asking me, what do I think sells the most out of still you think the coffee lager? Coffee lager. That yeah. new juicy hazy they've got out is pretty I've heard good. It's really right good. Yeah, yeah. But, Ooh, uh, and all right. Then speaking of that, I think the the raspberry lemonade. That oh, they that's had, my favorite. Yeah, I think also would go really well with some barbecue. Yeah, I can see that going well. I mean, it, you're, with you're, what the barbecue? But what, no, what, what beer? Oh, uh, the raspberry lemonade. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of that beer though. Oh, I, th- I thought it was the old wit, the old wit a bit. Um, that was pretty solid. But I was gonna say, white hot take, the sycamore, what was that called? Vanilla affogato. Yeah, that would be like a nine five if we're like if we're rating one to ten, not not an actual in like in our official scoring. But like, let, all right, let's say y'all think or people think that the coffee lager from Still Hands is a perfect ten, right? That beer from Sycamore was like a twelve five. Then, I mean, it it was it was by far better than the coffee lager. But we and we even got oh, we got the end of it. I don't like the coffee lager. I know. But I'm very much a dark black, black coffee, coffee drinker. guy. Yeah. But we got we got the end of that. Uh, yeah, keg. the keg tapped halfway through that one pint. Yeah, but if you would have waited thirty minutes for it to settle, it was you, we got some good beer out of yeah, it. Yeah, but I, I what was I thought there was one that we all kind of tried that um was from Snafu. It was it was cherry pie. Is that what it was? The yeah, cherry the cherry pie, pie sour. That was that thing very was good. Collapsing. Yeah, that best one was be- really best good. Best beer of the night. But I, what I was, I mean, I get. See, that was what I was going to say. It's probably the differential between the people that are going to drink the sycamore beer and what are going to drink the coffee lager are those that are actually looking for a strong coffee taste and then a sweeter, creamier coffee taste. Because the sycamore that is lager, a very much sweeter, creamier exactly, coffee taste, yeah. and that's why it's more up my alley. And I, I always say this, and people laugh at me, but like the coffee lager, it still hands. It tastes like what sniffing just like coffee, fresh coffee roasted beans. coffee beans. Yep. If you smell that, that's what the coffee lager tastes like. It's very much that what you would expect both those to match up with. But the vanilla affogato is like you said, Chris, is it's the coffee that after you've put all of your stuff off in the it. cream, yeah. the little bit of cream in the there, cream, the little, little half two half pumps of uh, vanilla, stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, I don't like coffee, and I, th- I think that's why it kind of resonates with me, because it's not a just coffee-overpowering beer. It's a very kind of sweet, sweet, creamier, coffeeier setting. So. Did anybody else catch that? I said two half pumps, which would make it one whole pump. I laugh at people when they go to Starbucks and get stuff like that. Oh, I need a, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, two half pumps of, you know, so, vanilla, so pump. full pump of... Uh, no, no, no. I want two half pumps. Yeah. No, you know, one, they want one, one full pump, pump of, of caramel, caramel uh, a catalytic converter thrown in there, mix it up with a W4, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> like they just throw in all this random stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's. But I, throw in soy milk. But I, I give myself that, like, I give myself this. Like when I go to Starbucks, of course, I don't just drink like a regular, you know, freaking black coffee, coffee drink. That's not even I, coffee. Dude, I'm the yeah. cheapest Starbucks date because I'll go in there and be like, yeah, I want that, the, uh, the dark roast and just nothing else in it. Or I'll get like the little thing. Of yeah, the, that'd like be the double. That'd I've, be five dollars. <laughs> I've gone before. Exactly. Gotten, I've I've gone there before and gotten like the little espresso. I'm like, yeah, I need like a um, make that a double. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I want two shots of espresso in that. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, hey, give <laughs> I, me my caffeine. 
and got, let me leave. I got to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Mean, I got an hour and a half drive out to the base. Listen, I, ju- you, I what, just. What do you I need the most caffeine I can put in that tiny ass little cup, yeah. and I need it now. You're not my mama. Just give me the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You my doctor? <laughs> oh, man. Um. All right. Well, it's time to talk about your boy. It's time to talk about. So I'm talking about Adam's boy. Yeah, Adam's boy. This is this is. I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't realize your phone good. was leaned up against that little six pack. When <laughs> first, I took out the last office. beer. The six pack case just like jumped Ooh. across the table. And I realized Chris's phone was leaned up against it. And I was kind of curious how a cardboard box just went flying. <laughs> Remember, it is it is Jerry's Jerry's boy. That Jerry's is, world. It's, it's that is Jerry's. Boy. Adam. I'll and, tell you right now. That Adam is and fan. and Illy, if she's still listening, you, you cowboy fans of the world. Yeah. Um. Just paid a man a lot of money over. a a significant amount of years for somebody that's in a career that he is in. And and I mean he's coming off a fresh shattered ankle. Oh yeah. Like, so like right. we're talking about like bone came out the skin, shattered ankle. Like yeah. it was a compound fracture. So so I don't agree with what we're paying him up front. Isn't it con- is it confirmed that 75 mil is that first year? Yes. Yes. Year one is 75 mil. Is that the highest that anybody's ever gonna be played for yes. one, paid for one year? Yes. Yes. And then, but it is smart though, because they're going to give him that one year to make it or break it. I think, but they've up, they've front loaded a lot of the buyout money on the first year. I'll be essentially. honest. I'll be honest. I don't think it's a make it or break it situation. I think it's more of yo, we're going to give you this amount of money because we're not planning to win next year, especially you coming off this shattered ankle. But in the following seasons, where we're paying you less money and we have more cap space to build we, our team around you, we need we need production out of you in yeah. years two, three, and four. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. And I, that gives them money to go out and actually draft people or trade people this year, and just kind of give them enough money to get in the door. And then next year, give really, them more money to stay and support yeah. that. Yeah, the, I mean that's kind of the problem is that you should have done that three years down the road. Like you should have paid him seventy five million on the fourth year of the contract because now you have to basically blow your team up next year to be able to afford to keep Elliot Cooper and Dak. Especially if you're paying him seventy five million, so you you got to basically like blow it up now, and then all right, let's make sure we're winning in in the next two or three years, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if because it was also uh, the signing bonus was sixty six million dollars. Yeah, he got a sixty six million dollars signing bonus. Yeah, on top of the seventy five mil they owe him next year. Correct. Just to sign the so that dude essentially in three hundred sixty five days is going to have made a hundred and. 30. 41 yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Now I hadn't even snapped the football. And coming off of what well, is considered a usually a pretty major injury. Yeah. Yeah. Could be career ending yeah. in, in some scenarios. or career affecting like what Joe Theismann when he broke his leg never came back to the, the way he was. Yeah. That's what yeah. So I mean, I I'm interested to see how how this season turns out. Um Props to Dak's agent for getting <laughs> Dallas to agree to this. And but like I said, of since day one of this, them being in negotiations. Yeah, you you said Dallas Jerry, is keeping Dak. Jerry was gonna pay him. That is Jerry, like Jerry really does like Dak as a as a franchise quarterback. Would Jerry ever do this for Tony? Would he have? If, if I don't we, know because that era was that was also a different era of contracts and money. I feel like yeah, um, no. When Tony I, wasn't really in his prime, it was a different era. I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but I feel like it was just definitely a different era. Of I mean, I understand wise. he played for us for eight years, nine years. Can't remember what it was exactly now. 
Um, and he took you to what the? We he got took to, the second round. He okay. got the second round. I said yeah. we got to the division. We always got to like either because the divisional. No, they actually got to the championship game that one time. Yeah, we got to the because they lost to Seattle on the 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 botched field goal hold, and then Seattle went on to play Steelers in the Steelers and, and, and we the lost Super Bowl. and we lost yep. to Green Bay the year Dez caught it, but they yeah. said he didn't. So he was at the NFC multiple NFC so, multiple times. So he yeah. made it to the NFC championships. I think yeah. three different times. Yeah, but I think, and then in that nine-year span, I think we made the playoffs five years, and we won two games. Woo woo! Maybe, but is Dak's record any better in the playoffs? No, no, it's not. And I mean, that's my thing. Is like I, I don't, I, I feel don't like think, this I don't was... think Tony also was even coming close to one to ask this much. No, but no, no, Dak no, is. No. Dak is clearly because very egotistical. But, well, no, I don't think it's that. I think it is. He is trying to see the future of football. In the fact that you have just the Justin Herberts next year, the Trevor Lawrence's, who in three or four years after they get off their rookie contracts are going to be asking for $40 million a year. And now you have a guy who hadn't quite proven himself to be a $40 million a year quarterback, whereas at least Jared Goff has won a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, or Jared, been, Jared to a, been, been to a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Carson Wentz won a Super Bowl. Yeah, it wasn't really him, but yeah, he's he's, he's got but, a Super Bowl ring to his name, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, so those he that, got the team there, yeah. Those he, guys, he got the team in the regular season. Those guys, um, I think they came out what the year after them, after Dak, because Dak came out in sixteen, they came out seventeen. I was gonna argue. Well, they yeah. all in the same class. I was gonna argue that they're actually in the same class, right, but you may, I may be wrong. If that's if they all in the same class, two of those who would have been, I guess, probably the top three quarterbacks in that class are close to it. Yeah. They two the top, of, they two of them have been to a Super Bowl. You hadn't even made it to a divisional series or a championship series yet in your division, yeah. and you think you're worth forty minutes? No. And you went to the better team. I mean, you in all in all reality, like yes. Jared, Jared Goff went one, Carson Wentz went two. They he they were going to trash teams. Dak Prescott was in the second round in a probably eight and eight Cowboys team. You know, I mean, that, not so, a career ending placement at all. And neither neither one of them are making forty million dollars a year now. Now Jared Goff's getting ready to get paid thirty six million dollars a year. But my point but, being is, both of those guys have been to a Super Bowl since entering the league. As a Dallas fan, and then as an organization, you got to look and be like, you're asking for forty million. What it, have you proven yourself to be a forty million dollar quarter you know, right. a year quarterback? It, all right, here here should be here should be the real statement for this conversation. Who's better, Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson? I would say Deshaun. I, I don't know. They're about. I say they're about even. They're about even. Yeah. Okay. Because they're both getting paid the same thing. They're both getting paid an average of forty million dollars a year. All right, Mister Encyclopedia <laughs> over there, Chris. What do the stats say? I. Uh, I mean. It's you can't really say the stats because this year Deshaun Watson led the league in passing while Dak Prescott was leading the league in passing before he shattered his yeah. ankle. So you, you don't know like shoot he even you don't know the, he, he led the league in passing one week after he shattered his ankle. Yeah, yeah, he had the most passing yards in the league one week after he shattered his ankle. So I mean, he he was on a tear. There's not a question about it. Their whole offense this year was nothing but passing. Ezekiel Elliott looked like he was 20 pounds overweight and couldn't make it past the line of scrimmage. But you also had a bunch of offensive line issues. Yeah, that that's that's a whole different story. And I mean, that, the O line issue. That's my thing. Should I, but is that, Dak a good quarterback? If you're asking me talent to talent wise, I would tell you that Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's not a bad quarterback, but Dak Prescott got paid for being better than Jared Goff. That's that's basically what happened. They, he he came to he probably went to Jerry and said, Jared Goff 
who just happened to just get traded from his team for being so bad, they needed to upgrade a quarterback, is getting paid $36 million next year. How am I not getting paid 40? Yeah. But either way, the fact that, like I said, that the wheelings and dealings of his agent and however things turned out to becoming, like you're saying, flesh off of a robotic ankle now. Like the dude may not even be cleared to play like week one. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he's getting this much money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wild to me. Because I guarantee you right now, if the dude's walking on his own, it's very limited. Or, I mean, he was out. I mean, he was up today. I think they had a press conference with him today. Um, I think I saw something on the Dallas. But he, dude's not out there page. running like sprints. I mean, yeah, you hadn't seen QB videos. Yeah. You hadn't seen videos. On he's not working it out. And stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's probably yeah, probably doing it in his own. He's probably doing therapy. like physical therapy, yeah. but he's not. He's but not I mean, doing he's NFL probably, workouts. He's probably testing it, testing the limits, see what he can get away with. But yeah, he's still on. I think on a road with recovery and PT's got to you know continue all the way up until. I hated for him though. That injury was. That was a rough nasty. So I think we were all. I think most of us were watching it live. Horrific. Like yeah, that. it was nasty. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, because as soon as as soon as it hit Twitter, and oh, it was done. Everybody knew what that was. There, there wasn't no putting that thing back. It was one of those like where you could see it was it, his ankle obviously rolled to the inside the way it can't roll. Yeah, and you saw like the pressure and it kind of bending, and also you literally saw the leg jolt, the pop, and you saw like his tibia. Pop out of his sock and like touch the ground. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rough. Nasty. Nasty but, injury. I mean, the this camera angle on was great. It, it was. It was a very good camera angle. <laughs> good job, NBC or whoever that was. You but got every damn. clip of it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just, this is like, this is what the NFL's got to when it comes to quarterbacks now. And you're talking about the, the guys like, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. And, but I think, um, I mean, you could see that going into the future that, all of a sudden, these guys that are top tier talent quarterbacks will be asking for forty million dollars a year. Like that's gonna be, yeah. min- like that's gonna be like the minimum paid then for a quarterback that, of top caliber. That's basically what happened the last three years or four years now. Is someone got a wild contract, and everybody's like, "Well, wait a minute, he got it. I should get it, right?" And it's it's just been happening. Everybody's been saying yes. It's a snowball like, effect. You know, I, I think it was Russell Wilson was the first one to get thirty million dollars a year, and then it, and yeah, because they were, it, it was either there was either what like years like couple, like two or three years before they went to the Super Bowl, or it was like right or after or right before. It was like it was around that time. I think it was, it was like right, right after. after. Yeah. I think it was right after they beat the Patriots. Is is when he got it right? He got yeah. thirty million dollars a year. That's five years ago. And Wait, they lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Or they lost to the Patriots. Yeah. That's what through it was. The, yeah, through, yeah. The, yeah. through the pick at the yeah, half-yard yeah. line. The half-yard line, they threw the ball instead of getting it to Marshawn Lynch. You know, if he'd have just given That will ball. live in infamy. If he it's, just, hey. it's right there with Pearl Harbor and then not running Marshawn Lynch. Like, <laughs> memories <laughs> that are going to be born into <laughs> America. Like, worst, burn into America. Worst, worst decisions made in, Amer- in America. Yeah. Bombing <laughs> Pearl Harbor not running Marshawn Lynch. But you know what? Maybe if they'd have ran Marshawn Lynch, he'd have got $32 million a year instead Maybe. of 30. Um, he probably would have because he'd have then, a Super Bowl ring. But then what? You had Co- – Cousins two or th- two that, years after that was the thing. Yeah, Kirk Cousins the very next year was the first one to get a fully guaranteed contract. Hey, what, I think 80 fa- 84, 85 million. I think it's ninety four. And I think what it's did he do with that contract? I mean, he's been okay in Minnesota. They're 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 a defense away from being good. Um, well, so they had the defense at the time. I thought <laughs> they did. They had the defense at the time. Now they, they don't have the defense. They see. Here's what happened. He got there. 
Dalvin Cook kept getting injured in game three every damn season. But they had no running game. He had to throw for forty or four thousand yards. I say he had to he had to give it to Diggs. Now Dalvin Cook can stay healthy a whole season and they have no defense. <laughs> they can't protect they can't cover the path. But it was like you know, he got it, and then Aaron Rodgers immediately was like, Yo, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Like, why don't I, beat, I have I beat these boys on the regular? Yeah, so and Aaron Rodgers had a legit claim because he had oh, he had a Super Bowl ring by that point in time. Hundred yeah, percent. So like you know, Russell Wilson gets thirty, Kirk Cousins gets like thirty one and a half, and all of it guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers is like, yo, thirty five, baby. He gets thirty five, and it just it kept snowballing. And you know, Deshaun Watson gets forty, or Jared Goff gets thirty six. I don't know why they they went to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Patriots. Jared Goff got thirty six. For going to the Super Bowl, basically, I guess, and losing didn't to the Patriots, win, not I mean, scoring three Wentz, whole points. Didn't Wentz get a big com- contract after their Super Bowl? Win? Carson got an extension, but he didn't get as much as Jared Goff. But that but was, it was in the thirty range. It was in the thirty. It, range. Oh yeah, it's certainly in the thirty, absolutely. And then the other thing, like after that, he gets thirty six. So then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson's like, "Y'all, I'm the best quarterback. It's time for me to get paid." So he gets forty, and after he gets forty, literally the next day, Pat Mahomes gets fifty. So, but but Pat Mahomes got one of the smarter contracts out oh, of all of them because it's very much incentive based. It fluctuates from year to year because like the team's like, hey, we're gonna we'll pay you this much this year, but it's gonna be lower than next year because we know we're gonna have to go out and actually get somebody get somebody out there. And like they almost kind of like pre-planned their rebuild years, and it yeah. was very smart and well done. On great for Pat Mahomes for accepting that. Great for Kansas City Chiefs for doing that. And it's kind of like like we said in the chat earlier in our group chat on text like. How I brought up how Ben Roethlisberger's on the granted he's getting older and all that stuff, but he's every year he's signed these like little extensions. He's gone down in money because he's like spend it somewhere else. He's like get me some get me some, some threats. Help. He's yeah. like get me some help. And this kind of segues in my next point is these contracts are obviously snowballing like Chris is saying out of hand. They're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. It's going to lead to two things. You're going to have one single star on the field, or interacting with the NFL is going to become more expensive because the teams are going to need the money to pay the players what the players want. Yeah, I mean, probably, the, probably a little bit of both. I, I think the real thing is going to end up getting into the – it's going to be in the NFL collective bargaining agreement because you They're have – to put a max on things? Well, you already have a cap. Every Everybody has a you know salary cap that they have to meet, right? But I think the thing is going to be is that the NFL organizations are willing to pay these players more. Right, but so they can do, we increase the cap? Yeah, we're that? gonna have to increase the cap, and we're gonna have to restructure how the revenue is shared among the teams. Right, kind of like the NBA. The NBA did a wonderful job of basically saying, you know what, we're gonna risk this, and we're gonna see what our fan base is like. And what's gonna happen is fifty-one percent of our revenue every year is gonna go into player salaries. Right, but that's gonna ma- see that that's kind of that, that kind of makes sense though because yeah. the league wouldn't be there without the players, so they should. I theoretically get a good bit of that money. Well, you have a bad year like this past year, a COVID year, a COVID year where there's no fans, and you're trying to figure out how to get people to pay, you know, pay your player organization. Oh yeah, that's right, because you've got <laughs> you you have to pay them 51 percent of the profits, but there is no profits because there's no fans. You're, you're paying for stadiums, you're paying for the you're paying for all the infrastructure around hosting these games, televising these games. But like there's Adam no, said, there's no influx because there's no fans. There's no money it, coming in. Yeah, so there's no concessions. There's no yeah, income. There's your no, players cap the minimum and cap. No ticket they, sales. No merchandise sales in the stadium. Well, yeah, no merchandise. I was gonna say you're still gonna have your merch, merchandise, but unless, not within the stadium. Yeah. But I guess I mean the the only thing I could see them creating a profit off of was I guess they charge to have your face 
put on one of those telescreens, didn't they? You, you had to, yeah, you had to, you had to pay to be on the telescreens. Yeah, it's going to the MLB paint. You had to pay to be the cardboard cutouts, and those things got expensive, dude. But yeah, depending so on where they, you wanted to sit. And I think they charged <laughs> by like per week, if not like per week or per month. It wasn't like a one-time fee for a year. It was like yeah, you had to keep renewing that shit. Yeah, yeah and so I mean, you you get on the game, or you you know you'd be on the teleprompter or whatever the screen there that's in the stadium but there's no way that equivalent there's yeah. no like, you know there's no even close to being the same amount as ticket sales because i guarantee you they were like shoot we got a thousand screens but this stadium had it been a full stadium could hold what probably eighteen thousand. I, I feel like i feel like the nba is actually one of those few sports that were like they actually do have a decent record of like getting close to capacity if not Oh, because fifty percent of the fans being in the stadium. Oh, no more than that. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say. I think, almost, it de- I think it depends on the game and the the day. The day that the game yeah. is being played. But yeah. I say. I'd say most of your NBA games are at seventy five percent capacity. Their their percentage is way better than the MLB. I can promise you that. Depending on the team, yeah. I mean, like I would I would argue that like the Charlotte Hornets certainly don't have the same capacity that the New York Yankees have, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like the Miami Marlins ain't coming anywhere close to what the Miami Heat putting in the stadium. Yeah. So as far as the percentages or things like that, so yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. The NBA is a great organization. It's run very very well. They are very they they don't have any issues with the players' association. Like the the teams and the players' association in the NBA are much more in sync. Than any other organization, professional organization in sports. So, I mean, they they they've done very well for themselves, and I think the NFL is having to start kind of following a little bit of the trends, right? Because that's what the NFL players are seeing. NBA players get paid fifty million dollars a year, and they're seeing Mike Trout now for baseball get forty million dollars a year. Like, well, it kind of sounds bad, but like I feel like the NFL players are finally getting smart and realize, hey, we are this sport like it's really nothing without us so like we shouldn't get raked over the coals in our mind or in their opinion they feel like they're getting raked over the coals so they feel like they should be righted which the nba players are like you know without us this this doesn't exist yeah and so i like they get the 51 percent of profit so like i feel like that's kind of where the nfl players are kind of coming from like it it really is made or break it for the nfl without gotta, having these players but the way i see it is still a move it's all a game it is really just all a game that people enjoy watching top competitors compete at. And true. If the sport wouldn't be anything without us fans. So I want 5% of profits. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if all of, if all of America, I mean, if all of America said, you know what, I'm going to become vested in cricket. Quick. We would have 45 cricket teams. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same thing like lacrosse slowly has been kind of taken off because people have been slowly getting invested in yeah. stuff like that. Like, So, I mean, it if we all of a sudden as a group of Americans said, you know what, I'm tired of watching football or I'm tired of watching yeah, the NBA. If, if cancel culture all of a sudden got a hold of one of these sports organizations and, well, no, and they're, I, done, they're done for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and everybody stopped watching it. It would literally, it would go under in the blink of an eye. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, like, look at what the, I uh, the, I a, the AFL, like we were talking about. I understand the players make it what it is, but you got to have the people's interest to keep, you know, to keep that going. Cause if not, you're going to end up like the AAF. Yeah. You're going to make it through six games and then you're not going to be able to finish season because you can't pay people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to argue this from two, two different positions. The, the position of the organization (laughs) set, like what you're hearing back from the teams are, I get that you want to get paid this much, 
but we have to fill a 56-59 man roster. I can't remember exactly which one it is for the NFL. Well, the NBA has got to fill a 15-man roster, right? It's a lot easier for them to go pay $40 million a year for their star when they only have to fill – they only have to pay 14 other people. You, my quarterback, if I got to pay you $40 million a year, I got to pay another 55 or 56 other people, right, to make this team. And we're all – they're all basically in the same salary caps. They're all basically spending somewhere between 100 and $150 million a year. I mean, that's that's whether you're the NBA, NFL, MLB, that's where most of the teams are. That's what most of them can afford. Now, from a player standpoint, the NFL is leaps and bounds ahead of MLB and NBA in revenue every year. Like the the NFL organization itself, like if I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm gonna put it this way. Let's say the NFL makes five hundred and fifty billion dollars a year, right? The NBA is making probably about three point two billion, and the MLB is probably making like two five, right? Like that's the that's how far the separation and gap in revenue for as far as the leagues are. So I think there's, so I don't think there's do you, exactly do you, excuses. I say do you, so. There is room, you think, to increase this cap space. Yes. And as a league, you could redistribute exactly. your revenue exactly and make this happen. And that's just part of There's that. money they can push it around, but I think the big issue with the NFL that we don't really see with the owners in the NBA is the fact that the owners in the NFL are very much greedy. V- very greedy. The Eagles are like, I hate to throw your guys under the bus, Adam, but Jerry's one of the prime examples. Like, it's his world in his mind. It's not the teams or the He's players. It's great, his world. Great businessman has one of the most, or no, it's probably the most, um, net worth of a of a sports organization in the world yeah. like largest five, net worth yeah it's like five billion dollars or something like that yeah is yeah. what it's worth has so has done great on the business side of things but that's where he should stay let somebody else handle the hiring and the or the gm aspects of like your actual team though because i, I think he he reaches his hand too much into the the team and and tries to do too much with it, I think. Yeah, he's he's fondling fondling a little bit too much in the. Or he's diving too deep into the. Was that fondling, fondling? There was yeah, a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. Bad but yeah, choice he's diving too. Deep. Not the word we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. he is diving. Terry Sandusky, he is diving too deep. Um, I think in the, in the in the organizational. Um, he just needs to give. Up he's, his getting too, he's getting yeah, too. He's getting too low down the ladder. On the corporate ladder for the Cowboys, he he's should got, be. He should he's be. Gotta stay, he, he got to. He's got to know where. He's got to know where to stop coming down. Yeah, he should be the pocketbook, and then help have a couple say sos here and there, but either have a a whole new GM take care of the organization while he handles marketing and business. Yeah, you know, and, like big time decisions like, yeah. hey, we're going to trade so and so. That's like a star player. Like. Yeah, that's that should possibly be run by him for But Jerry should not have a care in the world if the backup long snapper got cut. Yeah. But yeah. he probably does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, we're trading DeAndre they Hopkins. Probably, they probably do honestly like let him know like in spring training who they're gonna cut oh, at the end I of would, the week. He absolutely. chooses. I mean, the coach he's probably, asks, he's probably in that boardroom. He's probably absolutely. in that boardroom. And that's what I'm saying. He shouldn't yeah. be. It's not even an email. He's probably actually in the room in the discussion. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry's the general manager. So Jerry is Jerry's in charge of player operations, which means if so, if if Mike McCarthy says, "Hey Jerry, I'd like to get rid of so and so, or I'd like to trade for so and so," it's got it's on Jerry. 
Like that's that's, gotta, a sad, that's a sad part. That's that, you know what that's kind of it's kind of mind boggling because Mike McCarthy literally like at and Green Bay. I said, wish the, we would have never hired him though. The population literally since the population of Green Bay technically owns the team. Like there was actually like rumors of them like all trying to pull together and buy out Mike McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. and for whatever reason the Cowboys scooped him up in a hot minute. The moment he, he got fired. Him and, him and Jay are your buddies, but I feel like Mike McCarthy also landed it the best team he possibly could because since Jerry is so involved. It's not all going to fall on Mike's back when shit goes wrong. Oh, well, yeah. I, but it's been that same way when with Jason Garrett was here. It didn't matter. I mean, we had that same discussion where... But he was... Jason Garrett was also there for a while, too. He, I thought he was there for longer than he should have been. I, Jason Garrett wasn't a terrible coach. You saw what he, he's doing at the Giants. He's not a terrible he's coach. He's not, but he just he's one of those guys where he but Jerry, he hits his pinnacle and there was just never improvement. It was always like the, yeah, exactly. the, the 10 yeah. and like four or just random little... I mean, he went 13, 13 and three with Dak's rookie year. Yeah, which was, I mean, not bad, not a bad team. But Jerry still wants to dabble in it a little bit, and you know, still has to find has a final say so, and ends up more likely than not, you know, screwing something up. What What did Dallas finish that year? They finished in the divisional round. Where Where they well, um the thirteen and three year? Yeah, we made it out of walk. Yeah, because we had, I think, the bye. Out of the wild card round, yeah, we got beat. I think either by Green Bay or Seattle in the first round that year. I think y'all lost to Seattle. I think, I think yeah. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Seattle. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking of it, rough. <laughs> yeah. I mean that doesn't. I mean we've lost to Seattle in the first round or somebody. I was gonna say losing to Seattle or Washington, not Seattle or Green, Green Bay, Bay during that time frame was would not common. be surprising whatsoever. Yeah, pretty common. That was that was, a, that was a common occurrence for us. That was average. That was par for the course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So, to stay on the athletic topic, this is the second question that was put. Like uh, again, a, a work thing was posed into our group chat today. I think it was meant for. I think I think Kyle actually expected everybody to probably say the same thing and then, you know, just it, move on with it. But he posed the question, and it ended up being a three-hour conversation. The question is, what sport has the greatest athletes in them? So I guess a lot a lot of people I think so I'm assuming did Kyle think everybody was gonna say like football? I think that's what Kyle probably thought people were gonna say was football. So I think athletic talent wise, I think basketball has probably some of the best athletes around in in professional sports. Like you may have the strongest guys in the NFL, but I think out of pure athleticism. You could take a basketball player, and the only sport I don't think they would succeed at well would be baseball, just because hitting a baseball is—it's a different of, mechanic. Wait, no, it's just one totally of the different mechanics. It's one of the hardest things to do to to pick up a ninety-five mile an hour fat. You know, it it comes in faster than a human eye can blink. Yeah, like yeah. that's so. I mean, there's there's a lot to the aspect of hitting at the professional level that I think not a lot of people can do so i saw a comment on facebook related to something similar to this one person posed that returning a tennis serve is harder than hitting a major league fastball Ooh, it's uh, as, as i was like as the resident tennis player of the group adam what do you think i mean because that shit's coming in at same speeds probably quicker and yeah because some of them will reach up to like 110 112 won't they and the girls the guys are popping at 120, 125. Oh, shit, I didn't realize that, yeah. Like, on consistent. 
but that Andy ball, could, but that ball slows down quicker though than a baseball does, does it not? Uh, I, I like mean, by, I, I want to know what the speed is by the time it reaches the returner. Well, it's also because the ball itself has got the felt on it. That's going to slow it down significantly too. It doesn't also have the weight to continue the velocity. True. I mean, I mean, you're hitting. So the court itself, I think, is seventy-eight feet long. So it's farther than a pitcher's mound. The the whole court. No, oh, okay. So from where I serve, it crossing the net is 50? 40 feet. Forty feet. And I'm, you know, but yeah. where but where I'm standing, you know, probably on the behind, because where I stand behind the baseline, I'm probably two feet off the baseline. So I have them serving. 40, no, I guess 39 feet pretty much to the net. So they're probably hitting it, yeah, 45 feet into the box, and then it's bouncing the other 30 to me behind the baseline. So 70 feet, yeah. Roughly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit longer than a pitcher's mount. I mean, that would be my argument is, like, I want to see statistics on, you know, not the serve but the actual contact moment. Right, but like you gotta when, think I, when I'm making when the, the person is returning the ball, what is the speed? Because it is going to bounce, it is going to have that felt, it is going 70 feet, arguably. But I, I would the angles, the grant. I guess you you can kind of say you can have a, a curve ball in tennis, like you can hit a slice serve where it, it curves. You can hit a top spin serve where when it hits the court, it's going to jump up near your shoulder. Yeah, or you can just have a hard flat serve like when it hits. It just kind of bounces up waist high, chest high. But at the same time, I think the angles or the area you got to cover in a tennis service box is bigger than – way bigger than what you're seeing, at, you know, as a strike zone. Yeah, that, that well, the other thing is so when, you, with, when you're with, talking returning – Am I just am I just hitting a ball, right? Am I Are we talking getting a single in baseball? No, I'm saying – yeah, like – when I say you, when you return the ball or you you hit the base, you return the serve or you hit the baseball, like you have to hit it into play in baseball, and you have to return the serve into play. You can't return it out of bounds. Well, there you go, Adam. There's your argument for tennis because it's a hell of a lot harder to correctly serve a tennis ball back into the play area than it is to just hit a baseball fair. Like you got well, so see, much. I think it's the other way around. You got so much more fair room in baseball. Yeah, do. but you're talking about accurately hitting such it. a small point of contact on that bat to return it back. Yeah, true. When true. a tennis racket, you've got the whole racket surface, but you, you have to hold the racket. I, I don't know. I think it's the other way around. I think it's harder to return. A, I think it's harder to hit a baseball into play than it is to return a serve Well, from back a, from a sense of having to serve it back into play, I think it's harder in tennis. But from a sense of actually just literally hitting the ball – I think it's going to be harder in baseball because you're st- you're seeing probably 95 is probably the average fastball. If I if I looked up last year's so average fastball, oh, probably here, here, I found this one website that says on average when the ball the tennis is the tennis ball is leaving the racket, it can be around 148 miles an hour. Yeah. No, no. All right. So the average serve for men is between 110 and 120. Okay. So this is even so that's the highest like. Highest recorded serve. Yeah, it's like one. Well, it shows here. It shows on this graphic. By the time it reaches mid court, it's already down to a hundred miles an hour, and then by the time it bounces and actually reaches other player, it's down to sixty five miles an hour. But okay. then, and then on average for women, you're anywhere between eighty five and ninety five. And of course, 
you got your Serena's and now Osaka, who's up there in like the one tens consistently hitting yeah. shows. smoking them. But I think actually gets really factual when they say that it takes about 600 milliseconds taken from server to receiver. When I think the actual MLB fastball is a lot quicker than that. Yeah, it is way faster. Yeah, but but what I'm trying to say the the service the the area that you have to cover in the box to decide. Oh yeah, that makes it way, way more. Which way do I got to go? Where do I think this is going to bounce? But doesn't it? the serve have to cross the court? So you technically only have half the court to defend. Well, yeah. On the serve? So I mean, but that box is still. 15 feet wide. Yeah. Am I going to go up? The it's tee? not a strike am I, zone. Am I going, am I going up the T? Am I going out wide with it? Is, is it going to be a, a top spin? So where it's going to kick, is it going to be a slice where as soon as it hits, it's jumping another four feet to the right. You know, I think all that plays a factor into it. Whereas at least with a fastball, typically that thing is going to move. If you're two seam, what? Six inches, maybe if it's a yeah, good two probably seam. Six inches. Yeah. But, you know, just a four-seam fastball, if I say, all right, boom, middle, middle. Straight line, middle, yeah. At least that way, I mean, I understand it's getting on me maybe a little bit quicker, but it's a straight line. Like, you know, I got this, like, two-by-three square. This is where it's got to yeah. be. Yeah, it's all, it's big. also got 10 feet shorter a distance to travel, and it's coming in arguably 20, 25 miles per hour faster. So so the uh, – Average 100 mile an hour fastball takes roughly 375 milliseconds. The average compared to compared 100 to 100 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do like 95. That's the <laughs> average. But the the average tennis serve takes 600 milliseconds. So it's almost half. Three. Almost half. It's or it's almost double the the time it takes for a fastball to get there. But that's fair. Not quite. So, um, back to the original question of what sport has the the greatest athletes in it i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go kind of with adam i think basketball because like even the big guys in basketball feel like they could outrun or outpace people from like the nfl whatever whatever they move very well they have great foot like they're constantly running footwork and like like as much as i hate i love shit talking him but like look at lebron i feel like he could he could transition to pretty much any other sport if he wanted to yeah and and see that's where Hell, Michael Jordan did it. He went to he went to minor league baseball and was actually not could, that bad of a baseball could, player statistically. Could though. not hit a curveball. Well, <laughs> that is the all that is well, everybody's knock on Michael Jordan being a two sport. But Bo Jackson, there are there are so many other football players that play baseball, basketball players that play baseball. I mean, there's there's many athletes that transition from multiple sports. The so there was two parts of this, and there there became the argument of are we just talking about athleticism? Or are we just talking about people like what athlete or what sport, like the player in a specific sport, ability to play other sports, right? Like how how would how would a basketball player transition into other sports? Because the 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 argument became all right. If we're talking about the sport that has the greatest athletes, is it not track? I don't know. Is it not? I mean, is it not track and field? You're talking speed. You're talking jumping. You're talking, you know, people that could do shot put. You're talking about no. So that's different things. People that are doing running and jumping aren't doing shot put. And yeah, the, the so, I mean, actual yeah, like you're, shuttle, you're like the shuttle pass, Tyson like Gaze, yeah. who's running the Usain Bolt wasn't out there throwing the javelin and doing shot puts. He yeah. was. He wasn't doing the high jump or whatever. No, he no, wasn't doing anything. He wasn't even doing hurdles, was he? No, he was. He was running in a straight line for 100 meters in nine seconds. Yeah, which is unbelievable quick 
but but you're gonna try to say he's more athletic than LeBron, LeBron James. James. Exactly. Like that that was that he's was quicker than LeBron James. Hell, he was quicker than everybody in the world. Yeah. He has the world record. Yeah. And so that was my argument against that. I was like, eh, I mean, duh, like from a whole standpoint, sport, does track probably like if you're talking team roster top to bottom, yeah, sure, I'll give you that. Track's probably got the, the best athletes. You got somebody that's strong, you got somebody that's fast, you got multiple things like that. Well, then, but but if we're talking, like, if we're talking about actual athleticism, being able, I, to- I still agree with y'all, and I said the point. I think basketball has the biggest, strongest, fastest people in their sport than any of the other sports in the world. Yeah, I mean, because you you're gonna have, you definitely have stronger athletes, stronger individuals in the NFL. Yep, that won't be able to like I'm not gonna be able to take a six seven three hundred and forty pound man and put him in at center on a basketball court or either at catcher behind the plate or you know I mean what yeah. he may be able to do shock put. He could probably do shock put if you taught him the right technique. Yeah. Yeah. But he could, he could wrestle. I mean there's there's many other things that the, the I, 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 when, I, when you when you say wrestle you're talking about like the Olympic wrestling, not what you see on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like you know, like well, and, so, you and think to that, it. I don't think I don't think uh, an NFL center could handle a heavyweight wrestler. No, probably not. I think I think a heavy. There's a lot of technique to the stuff. That absolutely, done, yeah. you actually have to be like someone in very. There's a lot of endurance in that too, dude. Yeah, yeah. a lot of like muscle I, endurance. I mean, we see it. In, we see it in the UFC fights that we watched this past weekend. I mean, you know, there's those grown men. You know they're taking I mean, shots of each other. They got to make it. What is it? Tw- was it twenty five minutes in a five round fight? Twenty five minutes. Yeah. Well, it's also like look at like look at boxers. Their endurance. They they got sixteen rounds potentially. Of yeah. Two minutes of just nothing but cardio. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that like I but I agree. I think basketball. If I if I took LeBron James, right? We'll take the greatest athlete from from any of the. No, even take like someone like the Greek Freak or like, um. What's the white guy? I think the Mavs got him now. Luca, yeah, yeah. Luca Doncic, yeah. yeah. I see Luca, but you have a lot. Luca can play tight end though. But you also have a lot of these foreign guys that are halfway decent at soccer. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these foreign guys. That's like yeah. soccer players are very athletic too because they're just nothing but endurance and cardio yeah. and running and. But they're actually still very physically fit. So let's but, say we take Luca. I think that in my argument in in this argument earlier today, and I think y'all might agree with this. I think we could take Luca, and he could play tight end in the NFL. He could play goalie in soccer. He could play. I mean, he may not be a very good batter, but he could probably be an outfielder for, no, it's for six, an MLB six, team. Hell, it's he's like six six. He is. He's six six. He could play first base. He could play first base. Like, well, I mean, there's a lot more technique to digging a ball up than. But than, still, yeah, he could learn it. Yeah, I mean, he he I could mean, eventually learn to be a good batter. Like. I think you could take an NBA player and you could put them in multiple sports, especially football, and I think they would actually have success. Like LeBron James was a – I mean, they didn't have stars at the time, I don't think, when LeBron James came out, or if they did, they they weren't really recording him well. Like LeBron James probably would have been – if he'd have stuck with high school football, would have probably been a four- or five-star tight end. Like he was oh, a really, really, really good football player. Absolutely, I agree with that. Right, and I don't think you can take – I don't think you can take a baseball player depending on their size maybe and and put them into the NBA and the person have any type of success right yeah like look at look at Freddie Freeman how tall is he he's 65 
do you think he could handle the NBA? I don't think Freddie could handle running up and down the court in the NBA. Yeah. Right. There's a lot, there's a lot of cardio that goes into that. Right. I don't think Freddie could learn to shoot basketball successful enough to be even a fifth or sixth man. Right. Like, I, I don't, I, and I just don't, uh, same I thing mean, with soccer players. Right. I mean, I don't, you got to think basketball's got to have your tallest athletes yeah, by far. 100%, 100%. Like, you got multiple guys at seven foot. Run up and down the court for thirty minute, you know, thirty minutes out of a forty-eight minute game. You can't take a soccer player, and he's not. I mean, the soccer player sure could could go play outfield, right? No, the but only he, the he's only he's not gonna be able to hit. He's not gonna be able to shoot, right? He's not gonna have enough size to be the able only to the do only guy on a soccer team that I would say that would compete with size wise would be your goalies, who are probably six, six five. Six, no, mm. your goalies are probably. Decent size. They're probably six five. I bet if I bet if we looked up the average for goalies in European soccer, they're probably six two to six three. Same thing with quarterbacks. Like everybody thinks quarterbacks are all six foot six, and they're they're not. Most of them are around six three. Most of them are also under two hundred and forty pounds. Big Ben. <laughs> average height for goalkeeper six three. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean that's like even even six three though in the NBA with no ball skills and no shooting skills, what are you doing? Right? Yeah, you're not getting full at six. But that's what I think. But you can find your little bit taller guy. Like I said, you're six five. There's there's several guys out there. I think at six five that are available. But they have I think great footwork, great hand eye court. You know they quick reaction. I think offensively, yes, they could be an offensive liability. Defensively, I think that's where they would. A soccer player in yeah. baseball or no, in oh, no, defense. In, on defense and basketball. Yeah, I mean, they I probably cover guard. Yeah. I think that's where they would succeed. They got great footwork. They're not going to get beat cardio wise. Like, yeah. I actually would probably argue that soccer players have the best cardio of all athletes. That or like but, the long distance runners you, you track. Because you got 90 minutes of just running all over that damn field for I most mean, of them. You have a quadrant that you're probably in. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, you have as, as you're playing the game, especially when you get on offense. You can slow everything down as long as you hold the ball. You can slow it down, walk, catch your breath. You don't have to be at full sprints. Like no. you could light jog it. Like, and even on like even like even if like you're on defense, like as long as the ball's on like the right hand side of the field, and if I'm playing the left, like as long as not my guy's not splitting up and like you can you can light jog it. You can kind of walk, kind of slack off just a little bit, catch your breath. You know what sport has no shot at this? Swimmers. Got no chance in the NBA, MLB. Their cardio is a little bit better than you think. <laughs> they, they got Their they cardio got, is great. Michael Phelps is tall enough. Um, he can I don't know if he's athletic enough or not to handle that. How tall is Michael Phelps? Like 6'6". Six, six. Is he really? Yeah. He's a lanky dude, man. That was one of the reasons he was so good. Listen, man, they – he got them. Swimmers, he got them, them arms that touch knees. Dude. Swimmers got some great bods. All right, no matter male, female, whoever, y'all, they got great bods. They're working out all the time. They're in great shape. Their body was great, but skill set wise, Michael Phelps is actually six four. Okay, I was going to say that six six is a little a little tall for him. I think, but yeah, six four. Oh, six, Nathan four Adrian, solid. Nathan Adrian, his uh, relay partner there. I think was he on that same Olympic team? It's six six. Okay. Okay. The 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 great argument from the professional hockey player that I know was like no one can transition and play hockey, but I think hockey players could transition. And I'm like, hockey's what a the ho- hell? Hockey's a hard hitting sport. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Have you ever I mean, seen those guys like, like in like athletic clothes? 
Yeah, I mean they got they are great nothing bots. but muscle, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But skill set wise, what the hell in hockey transitions to any other sports skill? So they've got the cardio and endurance yeah, sure. to hang in with you. I think right. I think you could put them on the football field. Like all of them play a good linebacker, bro. I, I yes, that was that was my only <laughs> yeah. argument for Trevor was fullback or linebacker. Absolutely, but totally put, agree. The pain I, tolerance is there. Yeah, the hitting no, ability is there. They know how to got, check somebody. You yeah. got well, you got uh, who is it? Chaw, that's like six nine on skates. Yeah. He could play the line. Help me, God! That's a tall hockey player, dude. He's the tallest. And, oh, he's so bad. He's so bad at hockey. No, no he's, he's just a bad dude. Like, he's he's just he's big. He's, he's a, a rough man to come up across. I would not. He's if he played. He's ho- six nine alone. What's and his then, weight? Uh, probably like two sixty. Let's see. If I had to guess. If he's 260, I want to see if this guy can get a football. This would be an excellent tight end. 256 pounds. Okay, so he's a defensive end. All right. All right. Six nine. <laughs> so he's six nine alone. So he's what seven one on skates? Or is he's he... seven foot flat on skates. Huge. Huge on skates. And I mean, and then hits like a ton of bricks. Yeah. So, yeah, so I I mean that's like the one guy that I could think of off lip that would I think transition well to football. But yeah, I I do This is Chara beside the shortest NHL player. So I mean <laughs> I I do believe though, like we I think we're all kind of in agreement. All right, what's worse, that or the uh, Jose Altuve and Giancarlo Stanton? Oh that uh what do you mean worse? Like, like the, height difference the height comparison when when yeah. when um, like, like in the, remember he the was, photo with Jose, Jose standing on I'd top say, of second base, and, and I don't know, then, probably that. I mean, that's just they probably are close to the same position, and that dude's got a foot and a half on him. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's six nine. We'll say that guy's what you probably think five ten, maybe. The short yeah. guy here in yeah. the NHL. Yeah. No, he's five foot five. Okay, all right. So there's a there's a stronger height difference because John Carlos Stanton is six six, and Jose Altuve is five six. But um, or John Carlos Stanton might be six seven actually. But either way, I mean, both of those are pretty great images. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that dude's going to that dude's waist. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, you he's, um, he's, imagine he's just eye, char- he's eye level with the guys. Like he's he's eye level with Charles, like a chess logo on the jersey. But yeah, just just think like as as that guy's coming down as like a was it a forward or a center? What is that that plays up top? I guess is that a forward? Char, he's a defenseman. No, I know Char is a defenseman. I'm talking about the other guy. Oh yeah, if he's center, center, he's coming down the middle of the ice. Yeah, yeah but what? Well, then the you've got the wingers. You got the right yeah. wing, left. So wing. imagine that as a winger though, and you just see Charles slide out the body check you, like you ain't knocking that over. Honestly, is he so tall that I'm just kind of putting my shoulder? No, into he him? is. He's known as an enforcer. Yeah, but he's but, going around beating everybody up. But think about it: like the lower man typically wins. You're right? not knocking him over. Hey, no, no. no, I'm not knocking him over. But if he no, probably can't if you, get if you his... duck, if this dude ducks low enough to go like try to get like lower than Charles. He's taking Charles knee to the face, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's possible I mean, that, too. You're taking a thigh, <laughs> taking a thigh or knee to the face. But you know, there, there's always that argument in the NFL that, like, you know, your tackles actually can be too tall for it to be effective, re- effective, yeah, yeah. and because they can't get low enough because the defensive yeah. tackles or defensive ends can actually get under them and yeah. actually push, like, push them around. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there, there's kind of that argument that most of the time, you you, you know, an, an NFL team wants their tackles to be somewhere in the six five to six seven range. Yeah. Once you start getting taller than six seven, it starts becoming an issue. An issue for their effective effectiveness as far as like, you know, actually blocking a defensive end. So all right. So beer two tonight. It is from Catabo. 
and, lemon ginger zombie. And I'm I'm thinking this is just their like nice crack. That was that was good and loud. I like that. You think this is like a a, a twist a, on the white zombie? I do believe it is. Here you go. This is a great picture of Chara zombie. bent over doing like a ceremonial puck drop. He's almost like bent over, almost completely at the waist. And he's still taller than the girl dropping the puck. And she's standing straight up. <laughs> like, Char is just a giant, dude. <laughs> so, but yeah, and now, you Sorry, know. let's get back to the beer. Yeah, Lemon, good. ginger, I, zombie. I do, I absolutely, I agree, though. I, I do believe this is just a twist to the white zombie that they make. Um, so you're looking. I mean, it's the same zombie logo and everything. Yeah, close to it. But yeah, you're looking at another 5.1 on the. On the alcohol by volume? Yep. Okay, so Catawba. Bright, vibrant citrus. Lemon ginger zombie. I'm thinking this is gonna actually be good. I got Fla- I got like this. Flavored weird... white L is what it says it is. Oh, Char's got baby feet. He only wears a size 12. You're checking <laughs> you're checking this guy out now. Yeah. <laughs> He's got only baby a, feet. Size only, 12. Only a size 12. It's yeah. six nine. I, I got Slovakia is where he's from. Of course. I got I got a pretty good feeling this is uh yeah, I got a I got a pretty good feeling this is going to end up being good. I don't know why, but I, I, I just got nice little blue and yellow can design. It's got the zombie covered lemons and stuff. Oh, thank goodness! All right, South Carolina came back to win eleven seven. Yeah, uh, Todd was texting me, and I'm just going to read the text that I got in order because it was a wild ride that of the updates he was sending me. So, so he said six five Citadel top of the seventh, and then a few minutes later it was seven six top of the eighth Carolina on top. And then back to back text, he goes nine six us eleven six us, and I was like, wow. And he goes, yeah, we're turning it on. And then it was eleven seven final. Katapa's in Asheville. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I like this. I mean, it's all right. So the way the way I, I'm picking this up is, if you got a mule like a Moscow mule, yes, minus the you know, so minus the vodka, of course. But is that ginger beer? And instead of lime, a lim- you know, lemon juice. Yeah. But that's the way it's hitting is that's I'm getting that ginger and lemon. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's good. Yeah. Now that you said that, like I took my first sip after you said that. And that's literally all I got. That's yeah. what I'm getting is that combo it's lemon, lemon ginger. Yeah. Um, hence the name. But that's I mean, it's hitting it to the T, though. It's perfect of what and because one's not overpowering the other. I think they did a very good job. This um no, they're very much flavor. equal. They're yeah. very much equal. Because ginger is such a powerful root. I mean, root, flavor, profile. Yeah. like it, It's got a bite to the, it. The it wrong, can. You know, the wrong amount of ginger is taking over. It's burning your throat, like you said. Yeah, yeah it's one of the stronger like flavors out there. So you can put it with something that also is very strong, but too much ginger is even going to overpower that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought I think they have Which done lemon it. is also a very strong flavor. So I think they have done a very good job with this as far as combining those two flavors in one not outdoing the other and i mean this is this is a that great be summer a, beer that's what i was about to say the exact same great words. summer beer yeah I, i'm i'm down with this great beer for the uh boat days that are coming up yeah the boat days that are ahead of us so what you gotta you gotta score for it what you thinking um I'll tell you either one of us take a sip and then score it so you either you do it first i would like first. i mean i'd like to go last if okay that's fine I'm gonna go. Um, 
seven nine. All right, Alex, what you got? I'm gonna go like seven five on this one. Okay, so I'm gonna go decently higher than than you. Like this is like an eight six for me. Oh wow! Like I will. Like this is. Is this better than regular zombie? It's right there. Uh, it's right there with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big like. You're a big white zombie guy. Yeah. Like that's like when I go to D's. That's typically what I order. It's still a white zombie. Yeah. And I've, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I think they've done a good job with it. And this is just a twist to it with, you know, some different flavor profile to it. Look fantastic. Love it. They've done a very good job with it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really solid. I mean, it, this is for me, I always say that the sevens are something that I would get. Like it's, it's not, it may not be my first thing that I would get at Catawba. No, this is, this is making. If I go to Catawba and this is on tap, this is the first thing you order. It would be a cl- if it's not the first, it's a close second. Yeah, unless yeah. there's just something wild and off the board that I'd be like, I want to try that first. And if I know it's and if it ends up being terrible, I know I gotta go to like if this and like white zombies on tap. Yeah, one two all day would be. What, are, so which one are you pick it first then? Probably just the traditional white, the white zombie. zombie. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, no, probably no. No, you know what? Off tap, this might even taste a little bit better. Yeah, probably off tap. That probably has a little bit more depth of flavor. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing. This was actually picked out for our November and December beers. So that's how long that's actually been in the refrigerator. Then I would no. I probably I'd probably do this off tap first. Yeah. Or like I said, if there was just something random off the wall, that'd be like, oh, let me. You know. So if you me- bought this in November, December. It's got, it's lost some flavor. There's not a no, I know that, it. but like I'm trying to figure out when they canned this. Is this a seasonal beer for them? Yeah, this is definitely a seasonal beer for them. Look it up, see if it is. Okay. So, but the other the other thing that I was going to make a comment about is like you're a huge Moscow Mule fan too, so I feel like this beer was just like destined to be a pretty pretty big winner for you. Oh, this is yeah. The to one. me, this is just this is a great beer for me, personally. So. So this is Katab. That is a really good, like, it is all. Lemon ginger. The ginger's not as strong as you obviously get in a Moscow Mule because it's mostly ginger beer. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But the, the little bit of ginger, a little bit of lemon, and the little bit of carbonation that's in that beer, you're getting very much a similar Feel Moscow Mule, but it's a little bit got tamer on the the bite that a Moscow Mule has with the yeah, intense could, ginger flavor. Yep. Got some good news for you. Coming into 2020, this is now a year-round beer. Love that. I don't know when it was being served, but um, flake wheat malts. Well, coming in 2020, that's a year ago. Yeah, that was last year. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So as of last year, it became a a year-round beer. So spinoff of our flagship White Zombie, easily drinking Belgian-style Whittabeer. Yeah. Brewed in unmalted wheat, blah, blah, blah. Characteristic zombie is spiced in coriander, orange peel, and a splash of fresh-squeezed lemon with a... Spritz of zesty ginger. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think they've done a very good job with it. Tastes very well. Uh, would be would be a top one or two beer for me to get off tap. Seven on the IBUs. That's a so, whole seven. I know. We'll, we'll hoppy. I know. So. It's a, it says it's actually available in tasting rooms in five different states. So. So yeah. So all right. Let me make sure. Yeah, we got seven five for Alex, eight six for you, seven nine for me. So not a bad two sets of beer. We we'll have nope, to, not at all. Not at all. I'll have to um, I have to head out to uh, Total Wine either this week or 
sometime over the weekend to, to get us a fresh six for the next couple shows. All right. Well, I say that's it for me. That's all I brought to the table. Yeah. yeah. It was a good episode. Um, is everybody that's listening, thank you for for tuning in. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just Beer Bacon and Bros. Um, yeah, it's a good episode. Thanks for listening and enjoyed it. Had, had fun tonight, guys. Y'all have a yeah. good one. Had a yeah. blast.